0: It's time for midday on the nineteenth day of January. It's Tuesday. Tyler Cavalli along with you. We'll hear from the whole gang here in just a moment. Jason Jorgensen giving us a preview of sports. Bob Brogan will give us a preview of how the stocks are doing here on Tuesday. Full day of trading this week. Temperatures already warming up. They will continue to warm up as the day goes along across the region. Of course, we'll find out more about that coming up in the Ag Weather with Paul Perkins. Let's start, though, with Susan Littlefield on the eastern side of the state. And, uh, Susan, are you finally seeing Sunshine?
1: Yeah, it's this funny circle in the sky. Not sure what it was, but the corgi went and found the spot in the kitchen, and I can see her laying.
0: She's enjoying it, sunbathing. She is. She is. Well, I know you guys have been cloudy there, seems like every day of the last week or so, so just wanted to double-check.
1: Yeah, no, I'm okay with that. A little bit of sun, I think, will be good for the soul for many.
0: That's very true. What do you have for us coming up on this Tuesday?
1: Well, I'll tell you some exciting, if you haven't heard the news, uh, February 13th. That starts all the way through that following Sunday. The Nebraska Cattlemen's Classic will be taking place. In Carney and they're celebrating their 30th anniversary of this show and event lots of things that are going to be happening some new things that are going to be added as well so we're going to hear from Ronette about that then at 12:45 Alex will step in as Founder Park in Grand Island has been busy gearing up for this year's racing season and its coordination plans for a casino so we will have more details on that. And then Chebella will wrap up everything for us at 1:17. It's the entire state of Nebraska and most of Wyoming are experiencing moderate to severe drought. We're going to talk to, she's to, talk to a meteorologist and a wheat grower to find out how it's all affecting agriculture. So yeah. that's the midday from the farm team.
0: Yeah, we need some uh, precipitation across the region. That's for sure. It's, been, it's bone dry in some areas.
1: It's too dry, that's for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's hope we get some in the near future. Appreciate it. Have a good day. You too. All right. Thank you very much. That was Susan Littlefield. Let's turn it over to sports and Jason. And what do you have for us today? We
2: have some start times for Nebraska Volleyball. Five o'clock matches this Friday and Saturday against Indiana. Also, the Big Ten released its television schedule today. If you'd like to go check that out and see what Husker games will be on, you can find that at krvn.com.
0: Looking at the television schedule, their first game is until next week on TV, from what I saw. It doesn't matter, though, because uh, guess what? You could listen to it right here, KRVN. That's, right. That's right. We'll have
2: both of the games uh, this weekend here on the Blue Torch. Husker women play this afternoon. Weird three o'clock time against Minnesota. We'll bring that to you uh, locally on Cami Country. High school basketball tonight in McCook. Tyler will be on the call as the Lexington Minimades and Minute Men take on the Bison. One of the best games I ever called was in that gym. When Lexington's boys went in there and upset McCook Mm. in the early 2000s, that started their run that year to the state tournament. Also, that gym is where I played one of my worst games as a player, going (laughs) two of eight from the free-throw line, including an air ball from the line. also hit a three-pointer that night. I got wiped away because our big guy was camped down the lane. It was a tough night.
0: Air ball from the free-throw line. (laughs) Goodness. Okay. All right. Uh, By the way, one of the worst drives ever, in a, a Blizzard, was coming back from basketball games in McCook. I won't have to worry about that yeah, tonight. Yeah, so. good weather. Hopefully we don't see any air balls either. All right, thank you very much. Jason, let's turn it over to Bob Brogan. You never had air balls when you were shooting free throws.
3: No, my address was the bench. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I could be reached. We just dropped the mic there, Bob Brogan. That's pretty good. Bob. That's, uh, that's where I was at. They could always find me. And anyway, uh, stock's climbing today, and uh, we'll, be, we'll have more on that.
0: All right, thank you very much. That's Bob Brogan. Here's Clay Patton. It's 1144 at KRBN, which means it's time for a regional ag weather update with Paul Perkins, who's now back in. And Well, Paul, we're seeing some nice temperatures, but one thing that we've talked about here recently and something that will be coming up later in midday, it's dry and a lot of areas in Nebraska, in particular, uh,
4: drought and drought. Exactly. Yeah, uh, much of Nebraska been in drought over the last uh, uh, several weeks. Here, uh, Kansas a little bit better off in the situation, especially the southern two tiers of counties there in uh, Kansas, uh, with no dryness concerns. But. The worst of the dryness issues right now in Nebraska, which is usually kind of a reversal, uh, much of Nebraska, I believe, in moderate to severe drought, and then extreme drought over southwest and south-central Nebraska on into the Nebraska panhandle. So it would be nice, you know, we had those three,
0: four weeks where at least once a day uh, in those weeks we are getting some snow. It would be nice if we kind of had that again. Maybe not the blizzard condition, but <laughs> exactly. some snow.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and we may be getting a little rain and some snow as we head towards the weekend here, but right now it looks like the bulk of any snow cover... Will be towards the dakotas especially south dakota so maybe a little liquid precipitation with this system coming in but otherwise if we don't get it this weekend into early next week probably looking pretty dismal for any Mm. rain chances and snow chances after that because the outlook does turn drier okay all right well i i least for today and tomorrow sunshine and warmer temperatures. Exactly. Increasing amounts of sunshine across the area today after some clouds over the last few days. Most of the cloud cover, and it's just partly to mostly cloudy at worst, along and north of the line from about Ogallala to North Platte, Grand Island, and Columbus to the south of that line. A lot of sunshine over southern Nebraska into northern Kansas. And most of our temperatures in the mid to upper 30s. We are as warm as right at 40 currently in the Aurora area. Also in the Fremont area and also towards Lincoln and Beatrice and as warm as 43 right now on the temperature at Hebron both today and tomorrow dry and mild weather as the main tracks for any storminess will stay well to our north and south temperatures today slightly warmer than average while tomorrow is going to be our mildest day of the next seven with highs 15 to 20 degrees warmer than usual. Enjoy it because it will stay cooler after that for a while. On the hills of low pressure tracking across Canada, westerly winds will be breezy to windy for both today and tomorrow. Probably going to see actually more wind for today than tomorrow. Changes do arrive with a cold front that drops south by tomorrow night. Temperatures will still, though, be about 10 degrees above average on Thursday before our temperatures cool to seasonal for Friday and Monday. Snow and some rain, a possibility for Saturday. Night, make that Saturday into Sunday night with some low pressure that tracks across Kansas. Any snow accumulations right now expected to be light with the higher totals towards South Dakota. We may actually be in line for several small chances of snow with several weak disturbances heading into the middle of next week. Currently, it looks like any of those snow amounts, though, will be mostly on the light side. In the long-term forecast, there are some warmer changes coming our way. Nebraska and Kansas temperatures the first half of next week will be slightly cooler than normal. But now the outlook indicating warmer than normal temperatures the late half of next week through the first day of next month for both Nebraska and Kansas. Nebraska and Kansas forecast to see above-normal precipitation for the early part of next week. And by late next week through February 1st, we should be mainly dry with below-normal precipitation. Key weather factors impacting the markets include varying amounts of rain the next seven days across South America and useful snow cover in winter wheat regions of the Black Sea. Most of the U.S. will continue to experience an absence of extreme cold in wheat areas of the Southern Plains. This past weekend was dry for this week. The showers will be mostly relegated to Oklahoma and Texas. The coming weekend offers several occurrences of light to moderate precipitation. The driest western areas of the Southern Plains, though, will be bypassed by that moisture. Brazil crop areas had moderate to heavy rain this past weekend, bringing some benefit to row crops. Showers will continue across the west and south this week. Amounts, though, are forecast to be below normal for most locations. Eastern Brazil may show more signs of stress from dryness. The soil moisture for second-crop corn appears to be less than desired after below-normal rainfall this crop season. Central Argentina had moderate to heavy rain and useful crop moisture this past week. The pattern now drier, but below-normal temperatures will reduce the moisture demand. A weak system may bring some isolated showers to Argentina this weekend, but the dry trend will stress developing to reproductive corn and soybeans. In wheat areas of the Black Sea region, winter kill damage from a weekend cold snap appears to be have been limited by protective snow.
0: I suppose one other positive takeaway with these warmer temperatures that we're seeing for those guys that are calving right now, overnight temperatures in particular, they're not too cold. It's not a lot of stress on on the cows.
4: Exactly. And it's been a very mild winter, as we touched on yesterday uh, from November 1st through January 15th. We've only had two nights in central Nebraska with Mm -hmm. temperatures of 10 degrees or lower, which is the average is about 12 or 12 of those uh, 10 degree or below temperature right. nights <laughs> so you may have to break ice still but it's not gonna be at least as thick as what it has maybe in past years exactly And uh, temperatures are trending warmer than normal by the end of the month here so winter keeps getting shorter and shorter
0: all right well maybe we'll have an early spring you know <laughs> there's, maybe there's always hope we can hope so all right make early. it up
4: with the moisture with some rains that's right uh for more weather where can you find that at weather page krvn.com. thank
1: you paul Excitement is building as the 30th annual Nebraska Cattlemen's Classic gets underway next month. Good afternoon, I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Renette Bush-Heinrich joins us as we talk about the event that gets underway starting February 13th.
5: You know, Susan, it very much so is. I've been using the word and we all have a lot this year of craziness and It has been crazy in the Classic office. Interest from cattlemen that want to showcase their cattle at the 30th anniversary has been tremendous. You know, we're very excited. You know, as you mentioned, we're about four weeks from kicking off the Classic. And as everyone knows, the Classic is going to be February 13th through the 21st. And that opening weekend is For the Judgers, the Livestock Judging Contest kicks off the Classic on Saturday, February 13th. And those entries are due by February 5th. And, you know, everybody can get their entries in for that judging contest via our website. We've got a great contest put together, teaming up with the University of Nebraska at Lincoln. Their Livestock Judging Coach is assisting putting together a phenomenal contest then we roll into it's all about the cattlemen. And really, this year the Classic has put a strong focus on the commercial cattlemen. We've added some things this year because we want to get everybody marking their calendar to be at the Classic. And we kick off those cattle shows on Wednesday, February 17th. And what a lineup! You know, really want to take a moment and commend the consigners that have committed to bring bulls and heifers to the Classic because. Cattlemen, you're not going to be disappointed in what you find at the Classic this year. Thursday, February 18th, we roll into the big bull sale day. And if you guys have been paying attention, you know we've added a bullpen show. On Thursday the 18th, we'll kick off that morning at 10 a.m. with the bullpen show. And, you know, wow, we've got some guys coming down from North Dakota. We've got breeders here in Nebraska. And when they said they were bringing a tremendous set of bulls to showcase in this first pin bull show, they weren't kidding because what a tremendous set of bulls you'll find on Thursday morning at 10 for our bull show. We're going to have a bull buyer's lunch, so you'll get registered for your bidder's number. And then at noon, we'll roll right into our bull sales. And then that evening, after the bull sales, we'll have our commercial pin of heifer sale. We've got 19 pins of bread heifers this year and open heifers. So, again, that Thursday, February 18th is not a day you'll want to miss.
1: You've got some amazing events that are going to take place and obviously the Pent and a bowl sale, that's something completely new. What else are you going to be showcasing this year at the Classic that's, that's different but very exciting?
5: Well, and you know, we roll into that Friday, February 19th, the heifer sale day, and we've got pins of heifers that morning, a tremendous set of heifers. And just kind of an example, you know, Poss Maverick has been an Angus sire that's made a bin, big impact in the industry this year. And, you know, guys, there's a pin of heifers coming sired by him as well as. That's just a sample of the quality of what's coming to the Classic this year. Our AYC bred heifers is tremendous. We've got our 30th anniversary celebration. You know, it's very hard to believe it's been 30 years already. We've got a tremendous lineup of consigners that they've been here every year. They have not missed one year of the Classic. So really excited to make a few announcements. Um, The Classic is going to be expanding. We will have three events in 2021. The Winter Classic. Then we'll have our pop-up event on Saturday, August 21st, and announcing a new Fall Classic.
1: A lot more details to come. The Nebraska Cattlemen's Classic getting underway February 13th. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network.
0: Time for Midday Sports. Jason is... Back in the chair for us. And, well, we know some more information about the start of Husker volleyball season on Friday.
2: You know, we've been wondering, and it took a while for this to come out, uh, it had nothing to do with Nebraska. It was the Big Ten who sets those game times. Nebraska's games with Indiana on Friday, and on Saturday at in Indiana, each will start at 5. Of course, we will bring you the matches here on 880KRVN. Now, the Huskers will be televised nationally on the Big Ten Network 12 times a season with three additional matches. Those will be broadcast statewide On NET. If you'd like to see the complete schedule, you can find that at KRVN.com. Nebraska's Kate Kane captured the first Big Ten Women's Basketball Player of the Week honor of her career. Of course, she had a huge game for Nebraska as they beat previously unbeaten and 15th ranked Ohio State. Head coach Amy Williams says she really got a lot done in that game. You know,
6: she got some crucial offensive rebounds that led to putbacks and those kinds of things, you know, continue to just um, stack on top of each other. And, you know, we just saw everything kind of piling up.
2: Huskers already have three wins over top 25 teams this season. They'll play Minnesota this afternoon, a businessman special at three. We'll bring that to you over on Cami Country. Jared Butler had a season-high 30 points and eight assists as second-ranked Baylor remained undefeated with an impressive win over ninth-ranked Kansas. Suddenly, things are not well in Mm -hmm. Lawrence. Jayhawks have dropped consecutive Big 12 games for the first time in nearly eight years.
0: I think the top dogs of what we're used to seeing in all of uh, college men's basketball, North Carolina, Kentucky, they're all struggling.
2: It's, It's different. Duke, I think they're out of the top 20 for so.
0: Kentucky, North Carolina, and uh, Duke all not ranked for the first time since, like, early 1900s. That's
2: bizarro land. And um, New York Mets general manager Jared Porter has been fired after sending sexually explicit, uninvited text messages and images to a female reporter four years ago when he worked with the Cubs. ESPN reported late yesterday that Porter sent dozens of unanswered texts to the woman. About nine hours later, New York Mets owner Steve Cohen posted on Twitter that Porter had been fired. Talk about your past catching up mm-hmm. to you. New York hired the 41-year-old Porter last month after he spent the last four seasons with the Diamondbacks. Another casualty of the smartphone.
0: You know, they had good things <laughs> going there in the New York Mets, and then this comes out. Kind of uh, you know,
2: puts a halt to all that. Yep. High school basketball tonight, Lexington and McCook. Tyler will have the call. Girls game at 530. Boys game to follow tonight. Here on 880K
0: All right. Thank you very much. Time for midday news here on this Tuesday. And news director Dave Schroeder has now stepped in. And, well, unfortunate news that we're finding out here in the last 20 minutes or so today.
7: Yes, yesterday an endangered missing advisory was issued to determine the whereabouts of 75-year-old Edward Manheimer from Omaha. But a short time ago, the Nebraska State Patrol canceled the advisory as Mannheimer was located deceased. And no further details were given, so we uh, uh, grieve about that. Mm-hmm. The 2021 Founder Park racing season will be just around the corner, and matter of fact, in just one month. While the organization is currently making plans to build a casino, Fauner Park CEO Chris Katulak says he's excited to welcome spectators to this year's races.
8: We plan to have 75% occupancy when we open on February 19th. Now, last year when we opened, we had 100% occupancy for the first three weeks, and then, of course, uh, COVID and all of the restrictions came. Well, we are complying with all restrictions and requirements and even suggestions we're doing things that we don't,
7: have to do. Safety measures include social distancing and mask wearing. He said they also removed over 130 tables throughout the facility to ensure spectators can safely celebrate horse racing and Fauner Park. This will be
8: uh, nearly our 70th year of racing at Fauner Park. We're looking to do the best we possibly can in 2021 and hoping for a heck of a lot more in 2022
7: and beyond. Well, the 2021 racing season is scheduled to begin on February 19th. A Lincoln man has been charged with felony child abuse after police and doctors say he left his three-month-old daughter with serious injuries, including a brain bleed. The 20-year-old Malcolm Lofton was arrested after the girl's mother rushed the baby to a Lincoln hospital after returning home to find the infant with injuries to her face and head. Lofton was charged with intentional child abuse resulting in injury. He remained in the Lancaster County Jail today in lieu of $25,000 cash bond. His preliminary court date was set for February 23rd. A proposed anti-abortion amendment to the Kansas Constitution has cleared its first hurdle in the Kansas legislature as abortion opponents move quickly to get it on the ballot. The Senate Judiciary Committee approved the measure on a voice vote. The proposed amendment would overturn a 2019 Kansas Supreme Court ruling that access to abortion is a fundamental right under the Kansas Constitution. The House has a separate but identical proposal before a committee that could vote on it on Thursday. On the Rural Radio Network, I'm Dave Schroeder. Service.
6: Bonner Park in Grand Island has been busy gearing up for the 2021 racing season while also coordinating plans for a casino. And today we're going to learn more with Chris Gatulak. He's the CEO of Bonner Park. Chris, back in November, Nebraska voters approved initiatives 429, 430, and 431. And ever since then, I think it's safe to say that Fauna Park has been extremely busy in the planning process. So update us, if you will, Chris, on where your team is at with bringing gaming operations to Nebraska.
8: We have been particularly busy, busier than normal, busier than a one-arm paper hanger, as my mom likes to say. And I know exactly what she's talking about. It seems like we're spinning a lot of plates here at Fauna Park. But with the passage of the three casino initiatives, now Fauna Park needs to go out and we are in the process of interviewing a number of casino operators that will assist us and become a partner with us to provide a casino to Fauna Park, but to, more importantly, the community of Grand Island and central Nebraska. So that is uh, keeping us particularly busy uh, beyond the fact that we've got a race meet that starts on February 19th.
6: So I was reading, and it looks like the state of Nebraska has to have a state gaming commission before you guys can go ahead and start building this casino What is the timeline on that? Do you know?
8: I would say, well, first of all, I don't know when the two additional appointees must be uh, appointed. Uh, Technically, I suppose we could start building a casino before the gaming commission was established, but I don't know how prudent that would be. And uh, for uh, people that need to get loans for these sorts of things, they might want to make sure that, that there is, in fact, a gaming commission that's been established, and rules and regulations established as well. I would be disappointed if by May 1st we weren't well down the road with the committees being established and rules and regulations being approved.
6: So the last time I had seen an update, Fawner Park was still in the process of looking for a casino operator. What sort of things are you guys looking for?
8: Well, the first thing I mention in any of my interviews with the potential casino operators is that Fauna Park wants to continue maintaining, managing the horse racing product here, and, and much of the 240-acre campus, for that matter. But also, we are looking for partnerability. If that's not a word, I'm trying to make it one. But, you know, a casino operator that will work well with Fauna Park and the community and know that the community is paramount here at Fauna Park. We have been a charitable organization since our inception. Fauna Park was essentially established as a civic association and a, and a place for people to do things, agricultural and socializing in Hall County, and we intend to maintain that but to supercharge that and really become sort of a breadbasket for central Nebraska as far as uh, charitable donations go.
6: You mentioned the community, and I want to talk about that a little bit more what exactly, I mean, if a, if a casino is being brought to Grand Island or any sort of gaming operation, what is that going to bring to Grand Island and the central Nebraska area?
8: Well, not necessarily in any particular order of preference, but it will bring jobs. We believe either side of 400 jobs will be formed once we get to the final phase of casino development, surely 100 jobs right off the bat. But it will also bring property tax relief, and that's part of what two-thirds of Nebraskans voted for, is that property tax relief that will come from the revenue from casino gaming. What's more, there are defined percentages for both county and city that will receive windfall from the casino revenues as well.
6: What would you say are some of the concerns that you've heard from community members or people who partner with Fauna Park about bringing these casinos to Nebraska?
8: Well, prior to the election, we heard a lot of mudslinging about uh, the proliferation of where these casinos might be located, that they'll be all over the place. Well, they won't be because they can only be at one of the six racetracks in Nebraska. And I can guarantee you, you're not going to have racetracks popping up on every corner to produce a casino on every corner. I can't foresee a racetrack casino license being offered uh, in the next few years. So And it certainly would not be in a community that already has a racetrack. So that's just folly to think that sort of thing. Um, Certainly there are concerns. I have concerns about people that can't control themselves, be it with uh, gambling, which we're talking about specifically. But people tend to overeat a lot, and that's not good. And people tend to smoke more than they should. They maybe shouldn't smoke at all, I would say. They don't have good control, and that might be a concern. It is a concern of mine, but part of what revenues from casino gaming will be directed to is controlled gambling, people that have issues with controlling, not being able to control themselves, I should say, problem gamblers. How about that? Money will be dedicated to that. We'll follow a template of what the state of Iowa does, and the money that they dedicate to fight problem gambling is staggering.
6: Well, Chris, while we're on the topic of gambling, I do want to ask, obviously, Grand Island can't have a casino built in the next couple of months, but are there any opportunities to bring something smaller scale to the area?
8: Well, one thing that is being discussed in our discussions, our interviews with casino operators, is would there be a phase one? And if it was a phase one, uh, where would that be located on the the facility? And it might only be 200 slot machines, something, something along those lines, whereby you would get a revenue stream going, to help fuel the all of the casino development and then whilst that is occurring there would be construction of whatever you want your casino facility to look like
6: all right chris well we've got you on the phone you mentioned earlier in our conversation that uh, fawner parks racing season is going to start on february 19th what are some important things that we need to know
8: I think what is important is that we plan to have 75% occupancy when we open on February 19th. Now, last year when we opened, we had 100% occupancy for the first three weeks, and then, of course, uh, COVID and all of the restrictions came. So we're looking forward to getting a a nice amount of people here on, on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and get rid of those winter doldrums and come to the races.
6: All right, Chris. Thanks so much. Thank you, Alex. And that again is Chris Katulak joining us. He's the CEO of Fauner Park, and you can find more information at FawnerPark.com. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska's soybean farmers and their checkoff, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
3: With the business report for Tuesday, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks are climbing, recovering some of last week's losses to pull closer to their record highs. The S&P 500 was five tenths percent higher in late morning and got back within one percent of its record set earlier this month. Markets are rising on enthusiasm about a coming economic recovery as COVID-19 vaccines roll out and amid expectations that Washington will soon try to deliver another round of economic stimulus. President-elect Joe Biden's nominee for Treasury Secretary, former Fed Chair Janet Yellen, called on Congress to do more for the economy in testimony before the Senate. The Senate Finance Committee has begun its confirmation hearing for nominee Yellen, with Democrats and Republicans squaring off immediately over how much more to support the economy hammered during the pandemic. Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon told Yellen that his top priority was avoiding the mistake made a decade ago when Congress withdrew support for the economy too soon and delayed the recovery from the last recession. Wyden said he hoped that the Senate will be able to get Yellen's nomination approved as quickly as possible, given the challenges facing the country. But Republican Senator Chuck Grassley said he was concerned that the incoming Biden administration will enact massive spending programs. General Motors says it's teaming up with Microsoft to accelerate its rollout of electric self-driving cars. Microsoft joins General Motors, Honda, and other institutional investors in a combined new equity investment of more than $2 billion in Cruise, bringing its valuation to about $30 billion. Cruise, which GM bought in 2016, has been testing its automated vehicles in San Francisco without backup drivers. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan.
1: We all know Nebraska is the beef state, but have you ever thought what happens in those operations? Your wait is over. Join the Rural Radio Network's farm team as we look at feeding operations across the state, showcasing what men and women do every single day to bring high-quality, great beef to your dinner plate. It's Friday Feeders, brought to you by FNBO, every Friday, 117 Central Time, on 880-KRVN. The entire state of
9: Nebraska and most of Wyoming are experiencing moderate to severe drought with this year's La Nina. Aviva Braun, lead meteorologist at the Cheyenne Weather Service, says the last strong La Niña event occurred in 2012, and we are again seeing the same patterns.
10: For instance, western Nebraska is in what's called extreme drought. So is the southwest corner of Nebraska, but as you go further east, it, it lightens up a little bit, and it goes into what's called moderate drought. I mean, we've had varying versions of it's not that like the state has always been perfectly you know,
9: supplied by water. <laughs> Much of the extreme drought for Nebraska is stretched across dryland winter wheat growing areas. Tyson Nargis says the wheat planted on time in the southern panhandle had a tough start in the fall.
11: Driving around, there were some fields that looked okay, and there was a fair stand. Still a lot of acres that were pretty spotty uh, in dry areas, and a lot of the wheat had not come up and then there's some other fields. Uh, you know, The down here there's a lot of wheat going back into pea stubble, and there's just no moisture there for it to work. Uh, hearing a few neighbors talk about, uh, some of that wheat's probably gonna be terminated here in the spring. None of it really made it out of the ground. A lot of it uh, either sprouted and died or just uh, didn't make it all together. Uh, so as a whole, the wheat is looking pretty rough.
9: Braun says the next best shot is in the spring what we would hope for is uh, a really
10: wet spring. Um, And and in general, in this area, we tend to think of the big winter storms that happen um, in March through May. However, looking at the La Nina signal, it does look like we'll still be coming out of this La Nina event um, through March. So I think March is a toss up, but we have some good chances
9: April into May. Good rains or snow in April through May may help pastures in some of the winter wheat in the fields. Narges says the spring moistures would also be really good for the summer crops.
11: Looking back at this last summer, uh, we only received uh, about an inch and a half of rain past May 15th. So uh, that's going to have to change. Uh, it's nothing that we need now. And as uh, some folks say, the right time for a drought is during the winter. And so uh, I guess we can hold on for a little bit here. Uh, but when we get into that March, April, May, uh, those months where we typically get the about higher percentage of our yearly rainfall, we're going to have to have it. Uh, the ground moisture is very, very short. Looking at spring crops like corn and not being a traditional high plains crop, we're really going to need that ground uh, moisture to really, really be recharged uh, so that we can have a crop come this summer.
9: Braun says all of Nebraska and Wyoming is at least zero to four inches below normal for soil moisture and in Nebraska. A good portion of the of the
10: Nebraska panhandle and actually sections of south and extreme northeast Nebraska um, that are four to
9: eight inches below in the last six months. Braun says in Wyoming areas four to eight inches below include the central Laramie range, so
10: southwest Platte and northeast Albany County. I mean, everybody's below, but Goshen and Laramie, they are between three and four inches below, um, with some of the eastern
9: sections um, two to three below. Recently, only southeast Colorado had widespread precipitation, which brought their moisture deficits up, but still leaves the area in a drought. Reporting for the
12: Rural Radio Network, I'm Chabella Guzman. Play fan on the Rural Radio Network as we check in with John Payne with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago for a check of the closing growing markets. And John, as we see soybeans take the uh, biggest losses on the day, is this just stemming from an overbought market, a little bit of correction in here, or is there some concern that maybe we overbought this market with the supply that could be coming out of South America?
13: Well, I think you're seeing the end products fall a little bit, meal backing off twenty dollars off the high there, and then oil uh kind of led by Malaysian palm oil, which has fallen apart the last couple of days, um put correction in there I, th- I don't think there's a whole lot more here, at least in the shorter run um, you know without any government data to prove that you know the traders that the supply is going to be available and ready um, you know China's continuing to buy u s products, so I don't think the deep correction here will be too bad. Uh, if you're long I think you gotta hold it and if you're looking to buy I think these breaks here down 33 on the day in beans you know a break on corn closer to five bucks might give you a good opportunity uh, on the new crop side of things I think you know maybe being a little more aggressive on the sell side just trying to get something locked in here at a crop insurance period makes sense just try to lower the, the kind of delta of the crop so to speak um, but by no means do we have any evidence that uh, you know tops are in or anything like that um, we have a lot of important deadlines ahead of us, mainly, you know, Russian export taxes. They're talking about Ukrainian export taxes possibly being put on and um and then looking forward to the Ag Farm which will be out about a month from now and that'll touch on new crop uh US acreage. So uh, a lot to get through here in the short run, all right?
12: And there is a lot to get through. I know one thing you've mentioned recently in your daily commentary, which you can find more, DanielZagMarketing.com. But, John, you've been closely keeping an eye on China and their coronavirus as they're on the doorstep of their Lunar New Year. What are things to be aware of there, and how can that impact the trade? Well, you
13: know, this it's just bit up on Chinese demand, and so anything that would be negative to that in the short run I think causes the the funds to run rush aside um, the, the the yuan is not strengthening or weakening, I guess you're going to see it go up it'll be weakening. Uh, we're not seeing that to a huge degree yet, but that's kind of the key that we'll watch here in the coming weeks. lunar New year three weeks away, um, it's the contact I talk there, they're, they're going to pare down their celebrations and you know that could be the reason why we're, we're pulling back here on the palm oil to a certain degree, but um, the longer term picture here is China's got you know, major inflation issues. We're starting to talk about it here. Uh, listen to Janet Yellen speak this morning, and just in advocating for you know as much money to be spent by the U.S. federal government as possible. Uh, those are not bearish indicators, and I think in the long run here, uh, this correction will be shallow, and I imagine you know corn prices will rally into delivery. The seasonals don't tend to turn until again in February.
12: That's John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing Chicago, publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. Learn more at DanielZagMarketing.com. Do remember, though, trading futures and options involve risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Do consider these risks before investing. Listen to John's commentary again at RuralRadio.com under the podcast tab.
0: Thank you very much, Clay. That will take care of Midday here on Tuesday. Don't forget, you can listen to the Midday Podcast sponsored by Devaney Motors at krvn.com.